Welcome to episode 32 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Well, for this episode, I have a, uh, I don't want to say I sit down because there was no sitting involved. I have a conversation with uh, Rob Trainer, the lead singer of the band Blackwater Rising, also formerly of the band Dust to Dust. It was great to finally get Rob on the show. I've been trying for uh, trying for a while now. I don't know if, uh, if he was aware of that, but I've been trying to get him on the show for a while. I was glad to finally make it happen. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I enjoyed talking to him. I hope you enjoy listening. Without further ado, here's Rob. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I am here at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, once again with uh, Rob Trainer from Blackwater Rising. How are you doing today? Hey, what's going on? I first became aware of uh, Blackwater Rising in 2007 after seeing a press release on Blabber- Blabbermouth announcing the band's formation. I had had songs from all the other members' previous bands in my library, so I was definitely interested in checking the new band out. Can you tell me how the band came together, though? Because when I was doing the research for the for these questions today, I found some articles on Blabbermouth as far back as 2003 that state the original lineup of the band consisted of Johnny Kelly and Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative and went by the name Skinned. Right. Well, I was doing, a, we were just working on a project basically uh, with Johnny and Kenny. And uh, I mean, this is not, it was just the name. It was a name that we were going to possibly have used, but we all kind of went our separate ways and I just took the name and, and started a band from that with some material that I was writing towards that project. Okay, so that was a so, different sort of a different Right, thing. like I was writing, you know, we were all writing and I was right coming up with some stuff that I was going to present to that, you know, project, but it, it ended up not working out. So basically, you know, everybody took their little pieces back and went there with, you know, on the, with their merry way. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> so then I started this situation. Basically. Okay, so then how did this version of the band come together? Well, I was started writing, you know, the stuff I was writing then, I was coming up with more and more ideas, I was putting them down as demos. And when I would finish the demo up, you know, I played for my friends, and one of my friends is, is Mike, you know, the drummer. Yeah. He was in another band at the time called uh, Boiler Room, that was with Roadrunner Records. Right. And, uh, you know, they were doing their thing, and I played him the material, and he, he loved what he heard, and he was like, well, what are you looking to do? I said, let's put something together, you know? Because before that, I had another band, that a project that I was doing called Dust to Dust. Right, right. And, Familiar. Uh, I've right. got a couple of those songs so, in my library, too. So, you know, I mean, I have a, you know, a clique of friends that, from my neighborhood that were all musicians. And, you know, Mike was a buddy of mine for years before I even played with him. Because I was best friends with his brother, who was a bass player. Okay. So, you know, and he played, he was in a boiler room with his brother, too. But I have, all my friends were all musicians. So we all kind of played with each other at some point, you know. So when I played my stuff for Mike, he was into it. And we just got together and started, and I just knew, I said, you know, this material sounds so much better with a real drummer. You know, because when you're laying it down as a demo, you know, using drum programs and stuff like that to record. And it's kind of like stiff you know it just doesn't have you know you get the idea of the song it's just a demo but i just knew it needed to have real drums right so when i played it for mike i was like let's go in the studio lay down real drums so we went in the studio and we laid down a couple of tunes and we were like listen you know let's let's maybe we get another guitar player and a bass player and we can round this out and he had known uh johnny fatarusso at the time was looking for a gig and uh Mike had known Johnny from, uh, you know, I guess when he was with Road, you know, with Roadrunner, with Boiler Room, they'd cross paths. So I guess touring or whatnot. Right, because he had been in Stereo Mud. 
in stereo mode, right. And uh, Johnny lived right out in Long Island, and we were in Brooklyn. So he reached out to Johnny, played Johnny's stuff, Johnny dug it. And uh, then, you know, we put the word out there, you know, with Johnny, you know, if you know anybody who plays bass, you know. So uh, Johnny was, uh, he was, he introduced us to Odie. And uh, we get together, we started playing the tunes, and it just, it just had the chemistry. You know, we all right. like met on the same plane. We knew it, you know. I mean, you know, it's more to it than just laying down a demo of a song and just playing it for the guys. The band gives fleshes it out. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just gelled and it came together and that's it, you know. That's, okay. that's how that came together. Okay. So. Now, how did you get, uh, now you said you reused the, the, the name Blackwater Rising from, from this other project. How did you initially, how did that name come about and what does it signify to you? The name came about, I was actually just think, trying to come up with some names, <laughs> band names, and you know, I love Clutch, I think they're an awesome band, and they have a song called In the Wake of the Swollen Goat, Okay. and uh, they, there's a line in there which says, Blackwater Rising and it ain't gonna stop, and I just said to myself, I was like, you know what, Blackwater Rising, that's pretty cool, that would be, make a cool uh, band name, you okay. know, so that's where I came up with that, it's no, you know, and then when I looked into what it actually means, it's that, you know, Blackwater and whatnot, it's, it's, it's kind of cool, so I was like, you know, hey, that's cool, it works with the, you know, I guess with the feel of the band and, and the, uh, I guess the uh, imagery and, you know, the idea, it just fit, it just felt like it fit good, so, you know, no real mystery, okay. no, no, you know. Now, um, this might not uh, completely apply since you said that the, the thing with the typo guys was, was a separate band, but in, in reading some of those old articles that I'd found in Blabbermouth, press releases and whatnot, the sound of Blackwater Rising, I don't know if it was this version or that version, but it was described as nothing happy, all in minor, and socially and politically driven by the dark times we live in. I was just wondering if the, the, uh, there was a conscious effort to carry these themes throughout Blackwater up to today. Yeah, you know, it's just the sound of it. I like, you know playing the bluesy riffs coming up you know very riff oriented I always like a big riff in a song so it's just you know it's just a style I think of the music I don't think everyone in the songs you know they have different feels but you know I, yeah pretty you know I focus kind of on an idea of what what I want the sound to be like right you know I mean I had my band Dust to Dust before this and it was a totally different sound than what I'm doing with this you right know? right right it's just different. It's just music, you know. It's, but when I think about this band and just the feel and what, and really where I've been for the past like ten years, you know, as a writer, this is what I like to write. This is what I have fun doing, you know. This is the kind of stuff I grew up listening to, but kind of like I'm giving it my own spin and doing my own thing with it. Right. You know, I grew up with the bands that were very riff oriented, and I always loved that. You know, that's what attracted me to the whole metal, you know, metal rock thing. You know, it was like as a kid. Is, and then getting into being a musician, you know, figuring out the riffs and stuff like that. It was like the coolest fucking thing ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I want to do. You know, I'm not like really thinking like, hey, you know, this is the sound going on now and I'm going to try to do that. It was like my idea with this was, this is what, I, you know, what I saw doing with those guys originally, we were kind of moving in that direction. It was bluesy. It was like Soundgarden-ish and, you know, like a little Seattle-ish. But we started kind of writing, I guess, in different directions, and that's why that project kind of went its own way. Right, right. You know, he, you know, they had their idea of what they wanted to do, and I had my idea of what I wanted to do, and I guess it just wouldn't have worked. But whatever, it's all good. But um, but the sound, you know, I always wanted to have that sound of like, like an audio slave, 
you know, on uh, like a steroids. Yeah, type I fucking of sound. love that band. You know, like that type of thing. Like, like right, like that real, just big riff driven, but melodies and you know, but you know, bluesy and yeah. Okay. Not breaking any new ground. <laughs> now, um, I understand if you can't answer any questions about this, but uh, in 2011, it was announced that the New Jersey Devils were using your song Rise without mm. permission, and you sued them for copyright infringement. I remember seeing the press release about all that happening, right, right, right. but I never heard about the result. Right, can can right. you talk about what, how, what the end result of that was? The, the end result was satisfactory. Okay. All right. We'll it. Leave it at that. It was satisfactory, and, and it was, you know, it, it was fair. So, you know, but I did what I had to do because I was being taken advantage of, although I was being, you know, I felt very fair and, and reaching out and not looking even for monetary, you know, uh, I wasn't even looking for it to be paid. Right. I was looking, originally when I reached out, it was just like, well, maybe, you know, can you please mention who the, who the music is that might help us all. You know, we tried to work something out and when you're dealing with people that are dishonest and trying to get over on you, you know, they don't return phone calls. They promise you certain things, and then it doesn't go through. You know, yeah, yeah. you have to. You know, unfortunately, you got to stand up for yourself. You're gonna let. You're gonna let these corporations or a business like that. You know, take advantage of you when you're totally right and you're not, and you're trying to do the right thing. Right, right, right. You know, but they're like giving you the finger or misleading you. So you know, that's when you get the lawyer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So did did the legal process with that delay any the band's activity in any way or, or have no. any sort of negative impact on the band no. at all? Nothing. No. You know, a lot of you know listen, if you got it, if you understood it, you understood it. If you didn't, you know, if it, if it pissed some people off, you know, too fucking bad. You know? It's what it is, yeah. you know, I gotta defend this is you know, my work. I put a lot of effort into it. And to be snuffed, you know. You know, a lot of musicians are getting taken advantage of nowadays. You know, the whole music thing is tough, you know. And if somebody's going to use something to yours for their financial gain, you know, it's only right that, you know, that you pay your way or, you know, license it at least. I'll do things the right way. Right, right. You know, so. So did, were, were there any other sport organizations that ever used your music, uh, you know, in any other, legal or otherwise? Like, I feel like some of your songs would be a good fit for, like, combat sports, pro wrestling, right, UFC. Right. I've, been, I've been approached online by a lot of different, uh, like, video game, like, where they play video games and yeah. have music playing. Uh, I, I basically, you know, I always let them use it. They've it's been in a bunch of different stuff. And people have even used my music in videos, like, making actual... Like their own like music video, yeah, yeah. Or using like uh, anime, oh, yeah. you know. Or using, I mean, it's, it's flattering to me. It's like fucking a, you know. I love it. Yeah, you know? yeah. They're giving the band credit. They're saying that is Blackwater Rise, and that's the most important thing. So that helps us. And by people using it in their art and doing stuff like that, it's it's like a double whammy. It's it's great because now you're you're you're, you're exposing us to other audiences too. So it's a mutual. It's mutually beneficial. Right. So I have no problem with that. If people do things the right way, you know, it's, you know, where it becomes mutually beneficial. Right. Not when it's only one-sided and and you know taking advantage of you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not cool. Now you mentioned before your your previous band Dust to Dust. Can you tell me a little bit about that band? I only had maybe one or two songs in my library that were on compilations or like demo CDs or something. But I, I, I so I did hear a little bit of it, but I was not overly familiar. I was with in the a band. different. I was in a, a, a musically in somewhat different place. Not that far removed though. I mean, if you listen to some stuff I've even done with Dust to Dust compared to this band, you know, I have a lot of riffs and stuff like that going on in that stuff too. But I was going for more of like a. Uh, I always liked a lot of like. 
new wave, you know, I, that's around, you know, in my teens, I was dealing with, you know, there was a lot of new wave. I was into metal, but I liked a lot of the new wave stuff too. So I've always wanted to incorporate the two. So that's kind of like what I was going for with that by putting in, you know, keyboards and getting those old, like, uh, you know, those 80s keyboard sounds in there and like the Jupiters and, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and implementing that. Because I, I like bands like, you know, the Cars. I liked a lot of stuff like that growing up. I, I love that shit. And, uh, but I also love like Sabbath, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was listening to the police and right after I would take off a police album, I was listening to fucking, you know, Venom, you know? Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just love music, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess you can say, you know, when I, when I started writing a lot of my own stuff, that's where I was going in that direction with that. It was like, I, tr I was like, I have an idea for what I wanted to do. And I, you know, I'd come up with a couple of demos of some songs, you know, that I would write in that style. And if it fleshes out, then I move forward with it. It kind of creates a theme. So it was different musically than uh, Blackwater Rising, definitely. Okay. And then, and then going back even further, like what age did you start playing music? Probably around like 13 or 14. Okay. I really started to, uh, you know, get into music. I was, you know, I was, uh, I discovered like Rush and, uh, a lot of the early metal, you know, that I was listening to at the time. I went through a thrash period too. Where I was really into thrash metal. Okay. You know, when Exodus came out, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, I mean, I was listening to all kinds of stuff. I mean, like Hellhammer or you know, I mean, Metallica. I had yeah. the Metallica demo tape. Oh wow. You know, so I was like, that's how far we're going back with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Slayer. I was a big Slayer fan. I mean, I bought Show No Mercy when it came out. Oh wow. I went to Zigzag Records in Brooklyn and waited online. It's like. And bought that fucking album, and that was just like. So we're going back, yeah, you yeah. know. But I was into all of that shit, and when I got into that, you know, just natural progression that you know, you become a musician and you right, want to just right. do it, you know. It's more than even just listening to it; you want to be a part of it, you oh, know. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it inspires you to want to just like, that's what I want to fucking do, you know. I don't want to do anything else. I want to do that, you know. And that's that's what draws you in. And then ruins your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave it a shot real quick, like like a couple months. Me and my friend right. were really trying to flesh something out. And then life happened. I went to right. college. He right. knocked up a chick, and that right, was it. Right, right. It was sort of over before it started. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Were you in any other bands that, that yeah. the listeners might be familiar with? Or, uh, you, know, I, you know, I got a history of bands I played with back in the, back in the day. You know, nothing that was, uh, you know. But, you know, I just played around the scene, oh, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. scene, playing Lamores a lot and stuff like that. I'd been called Man Unkind, which was right before I started doing the Dust to Dust. And uh, Man Unkind, you know, we had a bit of a little bit of a following building up in Lamores in Brooklyn at the time. Okay. Uh, we were they were actually the, uh, being managed by Loud and Proud management back then. So you know, we started to build up a little thing there. And that, that was a lot of fun. That was a great band. Uh, but you know. Like all good things didn't last forever. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so you know you move on. But that was probably the earliest stuff that's I think out there. I mean I've I've heard a couple of things online here or there, but uh, you know. But I'm proud of all of it. It's yeah. all it's a musical journey through life. You know, it's music that I've always had a lot of fun creating. You know. Yeah. I mean you know, it's just because you can perform it too, and it's all part of the, you know it's rock and roll. It's like it's a whole thing. You got to be the live band too. You know. Yeah. It's like so. 
you know, I just love doing it and having a good time, and that's it, man. Okay. Know? So we touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the New Jersey Devils thing, but how do you feel about uh, the general current state of where the music industry is right now, where it seems like a lot of fans, they don't want to buy the music. They say, I don't have to buy the music. I can just subscribe to Spotify and go to concerts. The bands make their money at the concerts anyway. What do I got to buy the music for? Or they'll they'll still do the illegal downloading thing. Like As a musician, how do you feel about where that seems to be going? It sucks because we've seen, you know, we were actually selling a decent amount of CDs online and uh, and also a decent amount of downloads like for like 10 years I couldn't believe that I was like every you know because I'm with TuneCore yeah. so they did the distribution they distributed all throughout online and uh, we had the song Brother Go On which you know grew legs on yeah. its own it got picked up by programming up at Octane at right. the time yeah I heard it on Sirius yeah. I also heard it on, a, on DHA here in Jersey the, just the program director dug it and he just added it I mean we had no deal there was nothing really going on with the band yeah. it was just basically like three or four songs that I had finished with Mike and we put it on a CD and I handed it off to somebody there just to check it out it was basically a demo was that the EP and that I was telling you before I have the, yeah, the, my, the, the, the EP's a little, EP. fun, a little more mixed I think okay. than what they had originally ended up with but I ended up getting them that okay. as well but the program director heard the song and really liked it they started spinning it and it just they were getting a lot of requests and we broke like over 2,000 spins on the station so it really helped to generate a lot of sales and we, we were doing good for a while selling a lot of albums and CDs online and the band was very self-sustaining we were able to reinvest the money and you know really without a label just do it all on our own which right. the internet is great for you know to really market it but then you got but over time you start to see so uh, yeah I mean we, we were selling so in that respect it's great but now as the technology kept moving, then we saw it go from CDs to album downloads, and then from album downloads, now the streaming is a big chunk. It's killing like what you would do in, in money and in sales. Yeah. You get nothing. Like we'll get like you know, like fifteen hundred plays of a song a week, you know, on uh, on a couple of these uh, and it's all streaming. And I go and I look and we'll make like 75 cents. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's That's crazy. Ridiculous. The only way you make money is you got to be one of these big ass pop stars that are going to generate millions and millions and millions and millions of listens and plays. Then they make money. Yeah. There's like, but that's the way they they fashioned it to benefit, you know, to the way the pay scale because it jumps. There's like some kind of big jump in there, in the way that they structure payment. But if you're a band at our level, you basically get really fucked. Yeah. As opposed to a big artist, they the percentage that they get, from what I read, is uh, they actually get a bigger percentage. I don't know exactly how the mathematics work for it. But whatever it is, it sucks making a lot less money and it's not as self-sustaining at this point as it used to be. But, you know, you do what you can. I mean, it's just the way you... Listen, you play this music and you do this because it's what you love to do and enjoy. Yeah. If, if it got to the point where it was like it was going to be the only way I made a living or, you know, or I wasn't ever going to do it again, I'd be done with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You do this because you love doing it. You know, if you're out here playing this music, it's because you're enjoying doing what you do. Otherwise, you know, so at the end of the day, I'm not expecting to become a millionaire doing this. You know, it, the music industry is what it is. You know, musicians are the ones that are going to be out there playing music because that's who they are. They're musicians. You know, it's not only about making money all the time. You know? right, so, right. 
hopefully people continue being artists and pushing music out there. I've been hearing a lot of really good stuff, so it's not like it's really slowing the creativity down, you know? Right. Every, you know, just got to get a day job. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you're currently on this tour with Flaw and the Mendenhall Experiment. Now, Flaw, unfortunately, couldn't be here tonight. Right. They had made uh, transportation troubles, right. but uh, uh, and I believe I told you earlier, I wasn't familiar with Mendenhall before tonight, but I've been a fan of Flaw since high school. Um, did you have a chance to play with these bands before this tour, or is this the first time? No, this is the first time out with Flaw. Okay. In the uh, Mendenhall experiment. Now, other than, other than tonight where Flaw couldn't be here, how's the tour been going? It's been going great. Yeah, everybody's very cool, everybody's, you know, good people. And everybody goes up and does their, you know, does their job, man, kicks it out. So we've been having fun. Everybody's very professional, and people have been great. It's been a really good turnout so far at all the shows. Yeah. So, I mean, this turnout, all right, was eh, tonight, you know, right. but it was a cancellation, basically. Right, right. So for what it was, it wasn't bad. Right. But, you know, it was more than I had actually expected. Right, yeah, but, I do know um, that some people, you know, left right. in favor of coming to the show in Trenton right. tomorrow or waiting for Flaw to reschedule here at Dingbats. Right. I mean, the whole object of us, you know, with this tour, um, with Flaw, is, you know, we want to play, in, we're trying to play in front of new audiences. Right. You know, you know, when you play around the same area enough, it's like, you know, you kind of like, you reach a certain amount of people that you're going to reach, and it basically stays, it gets stagnant, you know. Right, right. So, and then you do like two shows a year, where you need to be doing a lot more than that. So we needed, it was time for us to get out and really, you know, get on something where that we can afford to do. Um, and this was a good opportunity, and we dig the band, man. I mean, you know, Floor's kick-ass, man. I like Floor. I'm into that type of stuff, too. And, uh, you know, we bring a little something different to the mix of bands, you know, right, sound-wise, right. which, which I think is really cool. Because at the end of the day, everybody, you know, metal is metal, you know. It's like, you know, right. it's that genre. It could be maybe these little different styles here and there, but everybody still digs, the, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's basically all the same. Comes from the same gene pool. <laughs> yep. So it looks like there's about a week left on this tour, and uh, you mentioned on stage, and I had seen before I came in that you guys are going to be back here in early May. Um, other than that, like, what you guys have any other touring plans for the yeah, rest of the year? Yeah. Well, or? we're also in May. We're also heading to uh, out to Las Vegas, um, Nevada, to play a uh, there's a bit of, there's like a festival there. Okay. Um, and uh, we'll be playing with some kick-ass bands. I believe with King. And uh, you know what? I can't remember off the top of my head what the uh, name of the festival is. But it's cool. It's like all big, like, stoner bands. Okay. And we're playing with King. We're playing with a couple of other well-known big stoner acts. But, uh, yeah, we're doing that. And uh, we're going to hopefully try to get hooked up with something else, do something else. And I'm still writing some new music. So, you know, that's... Okay. Just keeping busy. All right. <laughs> so I guess the only other question, which sort of, is a, sort of ties into that, is just what's next. Uh, you know, you guys gonna just be... playing out as much as we can. We'd like to play a bunch of shows. You know, over the summer, maybe get on another tour. That's what we're looking into those options. You know, it's tough out there. You know, everything's a buy on nowadays. And, right, right. You know, you have to have money. You know, and it's like, how much money can you know? How right. deep can you go? Yeah, how yeah. deep are your pockets? <laughs> My pockets are not very deep. Yeah, I, mean, I can assure you. I so saw. Like, I have no idea. Obviously, I have no fucking clue. I'm not a musician. I'm not. I have no affiliation with the band whatsoever, except yeah. for one of my favorites. But I did see that uh, Godsmack's going to be touring around here and doesn't have a support act yet. Yeah. So. Well, that'd be nice. <laughs> I'm sure it's a big buy-on for something like that. Pro but. Probably. But 
I feel like you guys would be a good a good uh, good mix with them. Yeah, I would like to play with yeah. Because I've seen you guys play before with. Play, uh, I think this band we could play with anybody. Yeah. You know, if it's rock, it's metal, you know, whatever it is, I think we work. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the cool thing about it. It's like we're not really like you know, it's like it's like a classic type of sound. You right. Know? Right. And that's what I was going for with it, you know, just keep it classic type of sound. I wasn't looking, like I said, ever to reinvent the wheel. That was never my intentions with this. I just wanted to write some cool, fucking badass rock music. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. That's what this band is. You know? All right, man. Well, I mean, I've been a fan for fucking ever. I was telling you before, I, I had that first EP. I saw you guys here at Dingbats probably shortly after you, awesome. you started playing out. So, awesome. you know, uh, awesome. I, I thank you for your time. I thank you for being on the show. Come on, bro.
And from the album Electrified, that was Blackwater Rising with the song Payback. I want to thank Rob for being on the show. At one point in the interview, uh, he was talking about a festival they're going to be playing out in Vegas, and he couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, That is the Planet Desert Rock Festival, which is going to be taking place May 16th through the 19th. Uh, So if you're in the area, definitely be sure to check that out. Also, Blackwater Rising will be playing at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey, again on May the 3rd, which is a Friday. It is uh, about a week from now. Uh, so if you're listening to this, uh, you know, shortly after I posted it, then uh, definitely go and check those guys out um, at either of these concerts if you've never seen them before. They're fucking fantastic. You can follow Blackwater Rising on Facebook and Instagram at Blackwater Rising and on Twitter at Blackwater Rising without a G at the end for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, also, you can follow... J Bunny's Music Hub podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Still haven't done anything with that. It's there. And if you want to give me money, I would appreciate it greatly. It would make things that I do here a lot easier to do. Also still making plans for the uh, J Bunny Fest in October. Hope to have some details on that settled within the next week or two. Just waiting to, uh, waiting to find out about something else that we don't want to clash with, uh, and then we'll be good to go. Also, if uh, you support buying music like I do, you can follow the Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter, at Industry Embers, and make sure to tweet or post your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Uh, now, in addition to still making plans for the J Bunny Fest in October, I've got a an interview that is hopefully happening in May, near the middle end of May. Again, as always, not going to tell you who it is in case it falls through, but uh, you know, I, I reached out and a person from this band definitely seemed interested, so hopefully it works out. Also, in June, I don't have I don't have anything confirmed for June yet. There's a couple of interviews that I am going to reach out and try and book. Uh, one was a guest that uh, fallen through in the past, so hopefully I can make that work out. But uh, we're going to be definitely doing another roundtable episode in June. And if you are interested, let me know. The topic of the episode is going to be Split, a discussion of changing band lineups. Um, And the reason that I want to do this one in June is because I bought tickets to see the new... Well, not new, but Static X, for those of you that are unaware, Static X is going to be doing a reunion tour in June. It's going to be a co-headlining tour with them and Devil Driver. Uh, it was recently announced that uh, Wednesday 13, and I think the other band is called Raven Black, have joined the bill. Uh, Dope is on the bill. Uh, I bought tickets to that show. So for those of you that are unaware, uh, Wayne Static, the singer from Static X, uh, died of a drug overdose a few years ago. And they're doing this like reunion show with a mystery guest singer who's wearing a creepy zombie Wayne Static mask, uh, which which has caused some <laughs> some controversy of its own. But I figure that I'm going to see this show, uh, you know, where the band is not playing with their original singer, and obviously they can't because he died. But I figure that preceding that tour, preceding going to that show, that would be a good time to have this roundtable discussion about 
the changing lineups of bands and how pe- some people don't consider, you know, if it's not the classic lineup or the original li- lineup, it's not the real band. And you've got all these bands over the years that have there been multiple versions of the band existing at the same time. It was actually recently announced that uh, the Chromags are going to have two different versions of the band ex- in existence at the same time. So I just feel like this would be a good topic to discuss uh, before before that tour starts and before going to that show. So if anybody is interested in discussing that with me, uh, please reach out on the J Bunny's Music Hub socials, uh, you know, the, the page, the group. I do know that I believe group member Matt McFarland had expressed an interest in being on that show. Uh, if anybody else wants to join us, I want to have at least... Uh, I don't know, three, four people seems to be the, the going group size for these. So uh, if anybody wants to, to join us, let me know. And uh, I think that's that's about all I've got for you now. Oh, you know what? That is not it. <laughs> I completely forgot to mention. Bad, bad, bad J-Bunny. This podcast is also uh, still a member of the Club Kayfabe creative community. Uh, I actually met uh, Matt McFarland through uh, the group for the Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, so the Club Kayfabe Creative Community, CKCC Online, you can follow them on Facebook. They also have uh, Twitter and a YouTube channel, uh, and that uh, you know that is a a collective of podcasts and other uh, creative things, uh, cosplay modeling podcasts, artists. Uh, you guys should definitely check it out. There is a new podcast joining the network soon. It is called Cheers from the Grave. And it is explained as, if you're into the paranormal, conspiracy theories, or anything weird, this is the show for you. So be sure, if you're interested, to check that out, and check out everything else that the Club Kayfabe creative community has to offer. Now, that's all I've got for you. I'm going to be leaving you guys today with another song by Blackwater Rising. It was the first song of theirs I ever heard from their self-titled debut album. This is Brother Go On. Until next time, guys. Set it off, brother, let it